This is Unclaimed Bands, show 236. Hey, music listeners, this is Sean from Unclaimed Bands, and tonight we are having a conversation with Marin Chaplin. How are you doing, Marin? Sean, better now that I'm talking to you, darling. How are you? <laughs> I am, uh, I, you know, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, for you people out there, if you were wondering where all the episodes went, we took a little bit of hiatus here at Unclaimed Bands. But uh, we're getting back to things, and there's nobody better to kick off our return to doing full interviews than Marin. Uh, full disclosure, Thank I've known you. Marin for a little while and uh, seen her play. And I'm going to be sitting to talk with her right now so you guys get to know more about her. And you get to love her the way that we all love her at Unclaimed Bands. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. Oh, and please tell, uh, tell Mr. Lee Fritz that, yes, I remember him. <laughs> oh, I, I will. I will. Fritz, that's the real re- one of the other reasons we had to take a little break. Fritz had to work on his ego. It was bruised for a while. All the people he thought forgot him. But, uh, you know, it was just Alzheimer's setting in. That's all. <laughs> He'll be okay. He's taking I'm supplements sure now. And we show him flashcards. But anyway. Okay. <laughs> Um, hey, uh, listen, before we get into the interview and get into uh, everything, uh, let's let people listen to one of your songs. Uh, what Sounds should good. we let them listen to? Um, there's a song called uh, Soul Saver, and it was a song that I did with, um, actually, I can't even say my band, Dead Rocking. I recorded the song um, with Dave Caggiano, who was the producer for Midnight Mob. And the bassist for Midnight Mob, Carly Quinn, played bass on this track. And it's, uh, I think, my favorite off the most recent EP. So go for it whenever you feel. All right, let's take a listen. There's a thousand 
Okay. Well, first off, I got to tell you, I, I listened to that song before and certainly listened to it in prep for this interview. I did not know that uh, Carly had played on that. She did, yeah. She stepped into the studio and um, I was there and like I didn't have to tell her anything. I mean, that girl can play some music. She knows what she's doing. She hears a song. She knows what she's supposed to do. And she she wrote her bass lines. And Christopher Matthews, another friend, played drums. And they just made the track, like, so huge and uh, made it sound great. And Dave Caggiano is such a fabulous producer. Um, I worked with him after I heard, like, the Midnight Mob records that he did. And he, like, man does his job. <laughs> I would, I would, I definitely agree with you on there. I've heard those records as well too, and now, I'm, now I'm understanding he did this one. That that just makes more sense to me. Um, yep. Tell us a little bit about this song. This song, um, I wrote a long time ago when I was feeling very lost. It's called Soul Saver, and it's when, you know, the funny thing is, uh, I hardly even remember the writing process. Um, when I'm writing songs, they sort of write themselves, at least the good ones do. Um, but the song, you know, when I think about it, it's about a person who is feeling lost, a person who is feeling far away from God, friends, family, and you're just feeling like you're sort of drifting alone out there and you want everyone to, to stay away and just leave you alone and like you don't, you know your friends and your family know you're lost and you don't want to hear it. Um, so you keep everyone at arm's length and you're hurting and it's just like, no soul saver come and knock on my door. Like, you know, you treat even your own friends and family who are trying to help you out like Jehovah's witnesses. And, um, you know, that's not the way to be. It's a painful place. And I also, um, but I love the song sonically because it's like a big chorus. It's a little bit of an 80s throwback kind of. And uh, I don't know. What else do you want to know? <laughs> no, no. That's, that's you know, we'd like to, like to understand a little bit about, you know, uh, people, what people write about and how it comes about and all that. Um, you know, without, without you know, getting too interpretive or anything. So I was just kind of curious about that. So, but no, I think that's, that's was perfect. And, you know, obviously I recommend people go, go check it out and listen to it more. Uh, and more of your music, but we'll we'll get to Thank that you. in a little bit. Um, so let, let's talk about this. You're you you know when I met you, you were living in New York, but uh, you're originally from North Carolina. So let's talk about that 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 trip, the early years. Like, how did you get involved in music? Oh man, well I've loved rock and roll since I was a kid, and growing up, I just never had the confidence to put it into action, and I would mess around on guitar have ideas come into my head for little lyrics and things like that, but I never sat down and finished a darn song. If there's any advice I could give to aspiring musicians, anybody who's listening to this, is like, finish your songs. Like, if you have an idea for a chorus or an idea for a lyric or a hook or a riff or anything like that, sit down and take that and finish it. Turn it into a song and then do it to the next one. Um... When I moved to New York, I moved there out of a totally desperate place. I was um, 22 and in a very terrible situation. I will spare you the details. I hopped on a Greyhound bus from Wilmington, North Carolina to Port Authority, New York. And 
I had nothing. I had one friend in Harlem who let me stay on her living room floor and um, just kind of got into the flow of New York. And like over the years, I finally like started writing songs and going to open mic nights. And then I met um, David Alva, who ended up becoming like my best friend and bass player in my band and you know, it was it was just a process. Like there is no there is no short version. I don't have a short version of this. Well, well I, I think you, I mean that took a couple of years. So I think you made that you condensed that pretty good. Thank you. So, um, but really, I was just um, walking around, experiencing life, and going through a lot of pain, a lot of loss, a lot of difficulties, and a lot of confusion and uncertainty. And at that certain time in my life, lyrics started coming into my head. Um, and they came along with melodies and I would just spend so much time like sitting around with my guitar, working it out and just, just putting in the time, putting in the time, putting in the work and turning those ideas into songs like you have to force it sometimes. And then you have to force yourself to get out there and play it, even if you embarrass yourself and sound awful. Um, that's how it starts sometimes. Nobody just comes out at their first show and is Guns N' Roses. And you got to push through that. And I did. And, you know, next thing you know, I had a band in, in New York City when I was some nobody that was actually starting to do stuff, you know? Well, you know, with that, um, so when I met you, you were in the band Dead Rocking Horse. So, um <laughs> I don't know. Can you can you talk a little bit about you know that experience being in a in, in a band and 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 I'm going to say this and please everybody out there listening don't get upset but uh, you know what's it like being um, were there any challenges to fronting a a, a rock band as being for being a woman okay I just said it being a woman it's all right um yes and no I mean how do I say this yes because People don't have the expectations, and I'm I'm going to say this, and please don't anybody get offended, or hey, maybe get offended. I don't really care. Um, I knew a lot of chicks that have fronted rock and roll bands that like pulled the chick card and got away with being like a hot girl in the front of a band and. Women who were fronting bands in New York, like at the time that I was active in NYC, like um, everybody seemed to be in a competition for who could wear the shortest shorts with the most toned legs and like nobody wore pants. And sure, they were like good singers, good performers, but nobody wrote their own songs. Nobody played an instrument. And so eh, I just never, eh, never really cared to be part of that crew. Um I came out and like I was writing all the music and you know I was the lead singer and the lead guitarist and the rhythm guitarist for most of the time and I wore pants and I was fortunate enough that um I got the respect of my peers because I was there to play music I wasn't there to like hook up with anybody or get into the social scene or do anything other than just like play rock and roll. And like, I'm really lucky that like, you know, all the guys in the local rock scene, they embraced me as a fellow musician. Nobody treated me unfairly. Nobody excluded me from bills because I was a woman or gave me a hard time. Like as a, as a 
you know, if you want to look at it from the as a woman perspective, if you want to play rock and roll, you better get out there and just do your damn job. Leave the social shit out of it and don't pull the sexy I'm a woman card. Do your job. So that, Everything else comes that, after. That's the advice you would give to any any women in, in the music who are get want to get into music? Or Young ladies music? who you want to get into rock and roll, like learn to sing well, play your instrument like well, show up to rehearsal on time, wear pants, <laughs> <laughs> and be a songwriter. And people will respect you. Nobody's going to be a jerk or treat you badly just because you're a woman. They don't. They know who's looking for what, and they know who's in there for the right reasons. And nobody, if you're a real deal musician, nobody's going to treat you like less just because of that. Now, granted, the expectations will be a little bit lower because they're probably going to assume that you're like the others. Um, they're going to assume that you're going to show up and try to play the woman card. Um, but that lasts about five minutes. Once they see you're the real thing, they... The guys in the music scene are wonderful. They will treat you with respect. Well, that's the as guys long in, as you're doing your job. Yeah, that's the guys in the music scene. But you know, I'd ask this of uh, Queen V back when I talked to her. Do you, oh, do she's you find, amazing. Do, I, I, I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do, do you she's find queen. Do you find that when you walk into or when you would play a new venue, or maybe especially when you first started out? that you had to face some of that, um, that I don't want to say face, but uh, that you had to win over a crowd who just assumed that you were going to be that, you know, a frilly chick. Um, sure. Yeah. But you treat it with a sense of humor and you learn to expect it. And you just know that you're going to get up on stage. And like I said, do your job. If you, as, as long as you were confident that you've done your homework you know your music, you can play, you can sing, you can do whatever you were supposed to do. You can walk in and sure, if they look you that it they like they look at you that way, all right, fine. Like you just get a smile on your face and you say, Oh, okay, nice to meet you. And then you get up on stage and you do what you're supposed to do and done boom, and it's done. With. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. You just like the most important thing you can do is do your job because music is a job you owe it to the audience to do your job just like uh somebody who answers the phones at the call center at AT at&t does their job music is your job you get up and you do it right nobody will ever question you again all right well there you have it folks you know if you're going to be getting in a band or and if you're not going to be getting in a band uh if you're out there out there listening and you're going to be a fan just give them the chance to prove it don't don't be don't be I'm assuming things. So. Yep. Don't make assumptions. Give yeah. every musician a chance, and uh, some people might surprise you. Exactly. I've been pleasantly surprised many times, and also uh, hopelessly disappointed sometimes too, just because what you see is not what you get, and and right. it goes both ways. But hey, you know, more on the more a little bit back. Uh, going through your bio, you, you left out one kind of detail. You said that you you know when you came to music, when you realized you liked music, was after watching Guns N' Roses on MTV. Mm-hmm. So I know this, <laughs> but you are a big Guns N' Roses fan. Oh yes, I am. <laughs> I mean, borderline obsessive, right? Yeah, maybe. Okay, okay, it's no problem. <laughs> I mean, it hasn't gotten to the point where they need a restraining order yet, but not yet. Okay, cool. I, I thought for like a second there. Actually, not ever because they're all be. like fat and old now, except Duff. He looks like God. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. Once again, 
don't 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 judge by the woman who's playing on stage but it's okay to body shame old men that's fine no problem no i see I'm the kidding. mixed no, message I'm, you're sending I'm just, I'm just joking with you hey <laughs> well, well, you know that that led to a little interesting part with your career too. I mean, I remember you you did play for in a tribute band, didn't you? I did. I played in the Rocket Queens with Lily Mays. Um, she was a slash. I was Izzy. Like there have been several um, rhythm guitarists throughout the course of that band, and they're a touring band. They're doing well. Um, I had to go. I got pregnant. Things happened. Lily is an incredible guitar player talk about female guitarists she's just absolutely off the wall amazing and all the musicians that worked in that band you know there was kind of like um a rotating cast of characters in the rocket queens that everybody was up to speed and everybody was really good and it was so much fun like we tour we went i think like as far as kentucky was the farthest that we went and we would always get put up in nice hotels and play these shows and like the fans were absolutely amazing and that made that like playing in that band made me like 10 times the guitarist that I was before having to learn those parts and play those shows. And like that playing in that band turned me into a guitar player. I thought I was before, but yeah, that was a blast. Okay. Okay. I, 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 I just wanted to include that in there because you kind of glazed over that. I'm like, I'm not going to let that part of you go. Yeah, well, I you know what I wrote, the, <coughs> I wrote the bio myself <coughs> and didn't know exactly what to include. So yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, well, no, the Rocket no, no, Queens I, was I, definitely a highlight of uh, New York rock and roll life. Yeah, I mean, I thought the band was great, and uh, you know, there are there are a lot of there are cover bands and then there are tribute bands, and tribute bands that are really good are bands like that, which are just you know just melt your face when you're when you're listening to them, and they definitely did. Um, Tell you, tell you what, why don't we take uh, take a pause for another song, let people hear something else that you've done, because we, you know, we don't want to talk about the Rocket Queens anymore. I mean, they're good, but so what are we going to let people hear now? Um, next, I believe, is Whiskey and Water, which is a true story. It's a song that um, I wrote when, uh, what, like six, seven years ago now, probably? I can't even believe it's been that long. Um, my boyfriend broke up with me because... I was drinking too much, and then we ended up almost getting back together. Blah blah blah, but it's it it's really a story more about um, it's not just about the breakup. It's about addiction and the dark places that you go when you are in the claws of alcoholism or whatever it is, and you find yourself losing things that you love because you can't let go of something that's that's really bad for you. Oh, okay. For me, that was whiskey. So this is whiskey and water. Okay, let's listen to whiskey and water. Cause the air 
All right, that is Whiskey and Water. My guest is Marin Chaplin. Um, hey. Wow. Um, yeah, that's that's some deep stuff. Thank you. I think. I think. I don't know. Yeah. No. 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 That's a compliment. Uh, a lot of people can't. I find uh, deeper topics like that are a little difficult to to write in a way that people can enjoy the music and also be relatable to. It, you know what I mean? So I, I, mean, I think you did that very well. Thank you. Thanks very much. That was that was a tough one. Uh, yeah. You know, I I can imagine. Um, so well before yeah we're not gonna we're not gonna spin down on that one um i think i think it says itself and you've already kind of outlined it for everybody yeah um, i mean i was in my like mid-20s and playing in a rock band in in new york and just caught up in that lifestyle and so, so you know do you, do you miss whiskey now yeah i always will <laughs> but um yeah I'm there you get to the point where you realize that it just um like you can't like i'm a mom now I have a music career that's actually looking up. Um, I have so many things riding on the line. Well, that... well, well, let's 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 move into that. So you okay. you were you mentioned uh, obviously you were in New York, then you were you were touring around with the Rocket Queens, and then mm-hmm. hey, you get pregnant. I did. And, you know. I know. <laughs> Fortunately for me, with the world's most beautiful, wonderful baby, who's uh, sitting with Grandma and Grandpa right now while I'm talking to you. Um, <laughs> Okay, so yeah, yeah. Let, let's talk about this transformation because you you're you you get pregnant. You eventually mm-hmm. you leave New leave New York again. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I guess you're back down in North Carolina, right? I am. Okay, so you know um, your daughter is what about a year old now? She will turn one on July 31st. Oh, okay, so it's coming up, coming up. Yeah. Okay, so you took a little break from music, obviously, for you know you know baby. I get it, right? No problem. Mm-hmm. I think think everybody understands that. But uh, but then you started getting back into it. So um, let's talk a little bit about that. You know, uh, what's that been like for you to get back into music and uh, you know and being a mother at the same time? Well, okay, Oof, big questions, huh? Yeah, <laughs> let's keep it simple, huh? Um, no. Um, well, when I found out that Evelyn Rose was on her way, I told the guys in the band and quit. I kept playing acoustic gigs to make a little extra money on the side until I was like eight months long. And when she was born, I moved down to North Carolina because her, her daddy and I agreed that New York was not where we wanted to raise her. Uh, he stayed in Brooklyn cause that's where he makes the best money. Um, he's a bartender and a traveling guitarist as well. We're still trying to figure out everything, and I'm down here, and fortunately, I saved like a crazy person Like when I found out she was on her way, so I've been comfortable, and now um, she's a little bit older. Um, instead of going back to working like, a, I don't know, an office job or something that I hate, I've been fortunate enough to realize like, hey, I worked my behind off to become like a good musician and I'm able to get gigs down here that actually like pay pretty well and I'm playing quite frequently and supporting myself as a musician now that's you know that's not the ultimate goal to just be like playing acoustic cover gigs and stuff it's what I'm doing right now 
Um, but it does allow me to just be gone for maybe a couple hours at a time. And she stays with grandma and grandpa instead of having to put her in daycare and I make good money. I get to be with my girl. Mm-hmm. Like the most important thing to me in the entire world is being a mom. There's a difference between a mother and a mom. I'm a mom. Anybody can have a baby, but it takes somebody who really like loves their child to put in the time and the effort to really care for theirs. So my baby girl is my whole life. Um, and I recently picked up management in Nashville. And okay. Okay. Whoa, whoa. Let's let's stop here for right, a second. You're you're going down, on. Right? Okay. Yeah. 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 That's okay. You know, you kind of like you know. The, I want people to like be able to take a breath. So yeah. There's, so you started playing. Of, I don't know how to do the short version. That's really fine. Do. That's fine. I'll I'll guide you along. I'm just gonna let Thank you go you. there. But okay. So you started playing the acoustics. Uh, acoustics mm-hmm. and picking up money. That's great that you can you know you can make money off it and support yourself and your daughter yeah. while you're doing that. But you obviously have loftier goals. So. You recently made a trip to Nashville. So mm-hmm. how did, you know, what led to you, how did you, you know, like, to someone, do you go like, hey, I'm going to Nashville? Or how did you end up traveling to Nashville? Let's start with just that part. Okay. Well, um, a family friend was working with someone who had worked with the Blue Angels and the Marine Corps for years and had some connections in the music industry and was getting ready to get into full-time music management. And this friend suggested, like, hey, you should go check. You're getting into music management. You should go check out my friend Marin. Uh, she's a really good musician. Um, his name his name is Kevin, the guy who's managing me now. Um, and, and Kevin's like, oh, God, yeah. Okay, okay, fine. Um, thinking it's not going to be, like, anything special. And so... He went and checked me out on YouTube and found some stuff that he liked and came to my show and was really impressed. And he was like, listen, you've been doing this for a long time. It's about time that we start fast-tracking this because you've got the voice, you've got the talent, you've, you've put in your time, you've put in the work. Like, let's make this happen. I'm moving to Nashville and starting to work with um, like a management group, you know, would you let me help you? And I said, okay. Two weeks later, he flew me out to Nashville and I was meeting with, uh, Ralph Murphy, the vice president of international ASCAP and like playing my songs for him and, uh, letting this guy give me advice on songwriting and hopefully getting another meeting. And then I'm flying back to Nashville at the end of August. It's just, it's, it's all very much like, you know, if you're a juggler, all the sticks are in the air mm-hmm. right now. But, you know, I've got a bunch of people that have my back. Like, bookings in North Carolina are starting to pick up really fast. And the Nashville stuff, um, they want to get me out there and stop with, I hate to say it, but, like, the small potatoes gigs, the, you know, the $150 gigs. Yeah, they want to move um, into bigger venues, bigger, big, higher, more exposure and stuff like that. Yeah, they're looking at the Opry. They're looking at all kinds of stuff. So the next step is I got to put together a band because I'm committed to rock and roll. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this acoustic singer songwriter stuff. Like I'm, I'm committed to being a rock musician because that's where my heart is. No, no, that's that's great. So you went out there, you took some meetings and all that, and yeah, um, and and obviously you're going to be going back for to get some more meetings, get some other time in. Um, yep. Are they talking about doing any recording with you right now, or is it just getting you more exposure, do you think? 
we have to build band first. Um, well, if obviously. I were more interested in being like a solo acoustic singer songwriter kind of artist, like nah, maybe we'd be looking at recording right now. But um, the big thing right now is we're going to be moving out there and looking for drummer, bassist, rhythm guitarist who can also sing, building a band and getting the rock music that I have back up to the forefront. That's mm-hmm. that's really the goal. If it's like if I had any artist that I would love to be right now, it'd probably be like Tyler Bryant in the Shakedown. Mm-hmm. Um, so they want to make the people that I've worked with um, want to make sure that it's it's my band, my songwriting, my musical direction. Mm-hmm. And if we have to pay the people who are playing in the band, okay, fine. But yeah, the goal is to make it like the Marin Chaplin band. That may not be what we call it, but it's going to yeah. be. Yeah, my band, be, be and your it's band. like hard rock, blues based with a tiny bit of uh, like black album era Metallica metal in there. <laughs> okay, okay, don't worry, mix it all together, come out, I'm sure. Um, yeah. So have you now? Now have uh, have you been writing any new songs in the last year? Uh, the honest answer is yes and no. Okay. Um, in the past year, I have had a lot of ideas come into into my head. Um, but I haven't finished any of them. I haven't had time. Being a mom, yeah, you know, like, what do I like write songs about cleaning my baby's butt, <laughs> which, <laughs> well, which I totally that, do, that, that, and I sing to her. <laughs> that leads into my my next question. I was going to ask you if you if you know once you know I mean becoming a mother is a, a life changing or a parent in general because is a life changing yeah. event. Um, and I was curious as if it's changed the way you approach writing. Or the topics of what you write for. No, and I'm not it's talking changed, about the it's butt changed in the song. way that I have not really gotten a chance to write. Um, I just haven't had time. I have lots of ideas that I need to sit down and shape, but my number one priority over the past year has been literally cleaning my baby's butt and making sure her <laughs> belly's full. And she's number one. But one of the reasons why um, I'm so adamant about making music happen right now is because. I spent one month in February working at an office, um, and I had to put her in daycare, and Ugh. it killed me. It it broke my heart every single day to drop her off. Now, the daycare was like five minutes down the road from the office I was working at, so I could go every day and feed her lunch myself, mm-hmm. but like... I was dying. I couldn't stand it. I could not stand it. My daughter is in daycare with one caretaker and like nine other babies and she's lying in her crib all day and she's not getting interaction. She's not getting playtime. She's, and I'm like, no, that lasted for a month and then nope, done with this. So the, honestly, the biggest driving force for me right now, being a mom, um, to play music independently is that I can be with my girl. I can take her along. I can, you know, I can play one show for three hours and make two or three times the money that I would sitting in an office for 10 hours and be with her and, and let my parents care for her versus some stranger. Everything, everything I do is about Evelyn Rose. Everything I do is about my daughter. Um, I probably would have given up a long time ago, but like, I don't want my baby girl to think one of two things, either one, like, Oh, well, Mommy had a dream and a career on the way, and she gave it up. 
because of me and blame herself or mom had a career and she think she had things going on and she, what she just quit gave up like what no I, I want my daughter to grow up knowing that a her mom worked really hard to bend to like build an independent life so I can be with her and b if she's got a dream or there's something that's important to her that she falls in love with when she's a little kid she's gonna have all the encouragement in the world and she can do it she can like whatever she wants to do she's going to have all the support to go live a dream not go be stuck working in some job just because she has to or living some life that she hates so like right now yeah the big push for me right now is to be the best mom that I can for Evelyn spend the most time with her like do what I love show her that she can do what she loves and give her just a cool life where she gets to hopefully like, you know, if I get to go on the road, she can come out with me. Mm-hmm. I would love nothing more than to be able to homeschool her during the day and play shows in the evening. And, you know, and somebody that I trust just snuggles her while I'm on stage and the rest of the time she's with me, you know, and I got to try to work this out with her dad. There's a lot of plates spinning right now, yep. but it's all about her. Well, I think I think it's uh, wonderful goals, and you definitely have your priorities straight, as far as I can tell. Okay. Yeah, priority number one is be a good mom. Yep, that's what priority I mean. Priority number two is make a living playing music, but they kind of go hand in hand. Well, sure. So you can continue to be a great hands-on mom. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. I think that's, that's a, what it's about. You, yeah, and I think you're gonna get there. I, I got no no doubt about that. Thank you. You're, you're already doing the one, so you're gonna do the other as well too. What's Thank the uh, what's the best place for for everybody out there listening if they want to get some more of your music, find out what's going on with you? Where, where 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 should people go? Website, Twitter, what? Um, let's see. Well, Twitter is useless unless you're super famous and have a million followers. Nobody follows nobody's on Twitter. Um, if you want to stream my music for free, it is on Marin M A R R O N Chaplin, as in Charlie, music. Dot com. All my songs stream for free. They're also on Spotify. Um, they're on iTunes under Dead Rocking Horse. That's Dead Rocking Horse. <laughs> yeah, iTunes is Spotify, Dead Rocking Horse. Um, I'm trying to keep all this straight right now since I transi- uh, transition to music. And you can find me on Facebook at M-A-R-R-O-N Marin Chaplin, C-H-A-P-L-I-N, and Marin Chaplin Music on Facebook. Like Google me and you'll find it, but it does stream for free and you can buy it for keeps on iTunes, Spotify. It's all there. I'm on Instagram, Marin Chaplin. Yeah. And, and of course, you're also posting when you're playing and stuff right now, too, right? So people yes. can, can find that out. Yeah. If you go to my yeah. website, MarinChaplinMusic.com, there's a shows tab and I've got everywhere I'm booked from uh, now till November and on my Facebook page. It seems like every day for the past week, I've just added new dates. So in Eastern North Carolina, I'm playing all over the place. But if anybody from New York City is listening, um, playing Rockwood Music Hall, Stage 1, on Monday, July 30th at 6 p.m. It's the early show. Now, are you doing doing an acoustic set for that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's all I'm doing right now. Because when I build a band again, it's going to be like, for real. I'm not messing around. Okay. So right now it's acoustic, but when the band is back, it's it's like back with a vengeance. 
Perfect. So everybody you just listed in there, you're probably on your computer or on your phone. Open up another browser window. Go to the site. If you're going to go get the music, it's okay to stream it for free, but go buy it too. Okay, support the artist. And of course, if you're anywhere near uh, North Carolina where Marin's playing, or you're going to be in New York on the 30th, uh, I definitely recommend go check her out. And go to go to the early show. Get get that day drinking in early, okay? And enjoy good Yay! music. Okay, it's that's, six that's o'clock. It's do. not that early. Yeah, I mean, well, it's after yeah. five o'clock everywhere. You're so. right. It's it's either it's either <laughs> like super early for people who don't who don't wake up till like you know noon, or it's super late for people over like sixty. So I I get it. <laughs> yeah. But because uh, that's always the best way to to. Uh, to support musicians come out and see them and look you can already tell Aaron's pretty nice she's not gonna bite your head off might sign an autograph you buy no. something or whatever so i think think we're all good there i think so <laughs> uh well you know Aaron, before we end this interview uh is there anything you want to say to your fans out there um just thanks so much to uh everybody who has been kind to me and said nice things and enjoy the music that i make because lord knows i went through a lot of pain to make it and yeah, just thanks to everyone and make sure that you support your local musicians and support artists because we need it. We're sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you, really. Anybody who's listening, that's that's all I got. Cool. Hey, uh, well, Marin, thank you very much for doing this interview. Oh, thank you, Sean, so much for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, everybody out there, uh, make sure that you you know you go and you, you check Marin out. And um, if there's anything to sign up for, keep following her. Uh, and you know you too can say I can remember her when, okay? And that's that's what we all <laughs> live for, right? Uh, <laughs> okay, here's open. <laughs> until next time, everybody. Uh, I've been showing with Unclaimed Bands. Yeah, I've been featuring back for good uh, good music, good interviews, just like we've had with Marin. Thanks. Thank Marin. you so much. Thanks to everybody and Sean especially. Thank you. The statements, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals and in no way reflect the views of unclaimed bands, its parent company, or subsidiaries.